I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. I have a word for you from the heart of the Father. And as we get into this word, you know this, but I'm going to say it anyway, because you have to remember that this message of the kingdom is being preached to all nations through the internet. And that this gospel is going all over the world. That God has a plan for worldwide revival, and he has a plan for a worldwide revival prayer movement. So I think it's important that the cameras are here and that we understand that we're not just speaking to one another to write this body here, but we're this gospel is going into all the worlds. And you never know who you're going to reach. You never know who you're going to speak into. You may speak into the next Billy Graham or the next Cindy Jacobs or the next Kenneth E. Hagan, the, the, the generations that are rising in the earth. We are called to train and equip the rising generations. One of the reasons why I started my YouTube channel was because when I went on to be with the Lord, I knew that my kids would want to hear my voice because they would miss me. So I said, I'm I'm starting a YouTube channel because once I'm out of here, I want them to Google me. And so the intention was to continue to train and equip the next generation, not only my children, of course, which is our our heart, but all the millennials and all the Z's and all them that are rising. I have to tell you straight up, I am confident that he that has begun a good work in our young people is going to bring it to completion. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm not moved by what's going on. I know that the word of God does not return void. It will accomplish and produce in the heart of every single generation that is rising in the face of the earth today. There is no junior Holy Spirit. And I believe that when I went to Rama, I was 19 years old. We actually have three Rama grads here who are teaching in this conference. It's quite interesting to me. Because the DNA of Kenneth E. Hagen is right here with us. But I have confidence that I I was a 19-year-old girl. I didn't know anything. I went to Rama, and that DNA was imparted to me through the Spirit and through the Word. Spiritual things are transferable. And so I think it's very important that we watch out who we hang around with, who we associate with, who we allow to speak into our lives, who we allow to lay hands on us. That's why the Bible says don't lay hands suddenly on anybody or don't let just anybody lay hands on you because spiritual things are transferable. And so I believe in this meeting that which I carry is going to be transferred to you here, but it's also, I don't know, I just have this thing in me, also it's going to be transferred to every single one that's going to listen to the YouTube channel, the replay, 
Earth's TV, my YouTube, you guys got all your stuff going on. Whatever kind of content we get, we're putting out there. Because these rising generations need to hear the voices of the mothers and the fathers that have gone before them, that have endured hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. And you better believe we've endured hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. We've endured things, I'm telling you, but these rising generations, they also have re uh, endured hardness. And the Lord told me one time, he said, those who I call, I equip. He says, they are called and ordained to live in a time, says, is this. Yes, there's a rise of anxiety. Yes, there's been a rise of fear. Yes, these young people are suffering. But where sin abounds, grace does so much more abound. And the Spirit of God spoke to me one time and he said, I've equipped them to live in these perilous times. They saw the Twin Towers coming down. They hear of wars and rumors of wars and all kinds of calamity and the shooting in the schools and, and going into a mall and, 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 you know, just thinking about, is it possible? Is it possible that I will see bloodshed today when I'm going into this, into Abercrombie and buying a t-shirt? So I believe that we need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We as adult mothers and fathers need to put on the whole armor of God and get our heads out of the sand and stop complaining and start reigning in life with Christ Jesus because we have a great work to do and it's not
following me. Don't look back. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. You be like Joshua. You look unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. Running the race that's set before you. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. And not to anybody else. Because in these days, you think you've had some leaders fall. There's going to be more of them that are coming down from their throne. Listen, I don't want to be one of them. That's why I prayed. I said, God, created me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Oh, Lord, I just want to be everything you've called me to be. Oh, but that's an Old Testament prayer. Really? And what movement are you of? The grace movement? Let's not, uh, uh, let's not have the grace of God cause us to be able to stumble and fall and live any way we like. May we have clean hands and a pure heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. I want to see God. I want to see God. I don't. I, I love it that our brothers had 62 visitations from Jesus. You know what? Jesus, I, I can't get into all of it, but the one time he really came to visit me where his presence was like this, I'm laying in my bed scrolling on my phone, completely distracted. What are we doing? Completely distracted. Scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. The bedroom door was open. And I heard the sound of footsteps. And he walked into my bedroom. It was a person. It was Jesus. But I didn't see him. I don't know what this, all of this means. I didn't see him, but I discerned him. I'm very discerning. And the spirit of seeing and knowing is rising in the church. And he's going to teach your hands to war and your fingers to fight. But this discernment is rising in the church. i got to stay in front of the camera. I'm sorry. But he walked into the room, and he stood to my left side. And I knew it was him. And I don't know, it was strange because I I wasn't afraid. I was just like, I don't know, I think he gives you the grace. And he whispered, he didn't whisper. He said, what is the most important thing? And he knows that who I am. He knows what I teach. And I know him. That I may become deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving the wonders of his person. Lord, I want to know you. Your purpose is to know him. Your purpose, and we teach people how to pray, how to develop intimacy with God. And I said, Lord, he already knew the answer. Lord, intimacy with you. And you know what he said to me? And how you treat others. Turned around and you walked down the road. That's awesome. And I'm like, what just happened? So, of course, I had to post it. Because what he does in me, he's doing in everybody else. And you know, when you get a visitation from Jesus, it goes aligned. 
lines up with the word of God. Oh, an angel whispered in my right ear. And an angel said this. And an angel said that. Oh, he whispered this. And whispered. Is, it in the, is it all in the Bible what it was whispered in your ear? Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as yourself. How are we treating one another? It's kind of a big deal with God. So I did a checklist. And I went through my list. And the Lord, like if there's any, just created me a clean heart. I have a message, but we're just going to flow until I'm done. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he wants me to tell you all my sins. <laughs> what is that? It's going global. I had a night vision from God. I'm not going to get into the whole thing. And in the night vision, he told me I'm coming for a bride. Without spot or blemish or wrinkle. And these are the last days. And I'm preparing my bride. And there's going to be a sound of the trumpet. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And those that remain are going to be caught up together to meet the Lord, me, in the air. And so he's been talking to me about the preparation of the bride of Christ. That we need to get ready. Get prepared. Because he's coming soon. And the same way he went up into the clouds, Acts chapter 1, he's yes, coming yes, back yes, for a church. Yes, and we don't want to be like those foolish virgins who don't have any oil in our lamp, who are depending on everybody else to give us oil for our lamp. We've got to get oil for ourselves. And it's a new revelation to me, and I'm still learning about it. But in the dream, I don't want to get into all the details, but in the dream, my friend, uh, the wedding dress was on a dowel. And the tighter I held the dowel, the more sweaty I got. But the, eventually the dowel got big and it became a bride. But the bride had many spots, many wrinkles. And my friend over here, Marcia, in the dream, came and steamed out all the wrinkles. Now, number one, let me just say this about that. The fact that I was sweating and holding that dowel so tight is works. Wow. Wow. So God was telling me, get out of works. When you minister this fresh word, you minister this word. He says, I, I want you to make sure you're not teaching and preaching works to my people. That's why I'm crushing you. I'm working with you. I'm dealing with you. You have to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Because I want you to teach and preach out of a place of humility and clean hands that appear with up here, he gets down to the people over here. It begins in us. And the sooner we learn that together, especially those of you that are budding leaders, the warfare that you go through is sometimes so you can learn how to overcome it and teach others what I have taught you and how to overcome it. You comfort others with the same comfort wherewith you are comforted by God. So don't waste your trials. Wow. That's good. So, because in the sufferings of this present 
Christian if they haven't gone through some stuff. Oh, I'm, I'm holier than thou. I can feel your attitude. Remember, I operated discernment. Oh, you get grieved around someone. Why am I so grieved? That's discerning of spirits. It's not being judgmental. It's not being critical. It's discerning the good and the evil intentions of the heart. Is that how it's worded? You're discerning. You're not judging. You're discerning. Put a watch over your heart. Separate yourself from that person and be still and know that I am the God and the author and the finisher of your relationships because some of your relationships are not healthy for you because the enemy's trying to use that person to sift you as we and to pull you out of your destiny and into the plans and the purposes of the enemy because the enemy has a plan for you and a purpose just like Jesus Christ, the author of our faith, has a plan and a purpose for us. That's why it's important that you operate in discernment, discerning of spirits. Why am I so grieved around that person? Why am I so triggered in a good way around that person? That's a relationship that's made in heaven. That's a new relationship that I'm bringing into your hearts and into your lives because iron sharpens iron and I want to make you a better person and that person you're hanging around right now is making you bitter not better I command you to listen to the voice of the Lord whoever this is for you need to separate yourself from that idol you need to separate yourself from that person because that person that relationship is not good for you how did I get into that it's called prophetic preaching. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear. Just, just listen to the voice of the Lord. Prophesy to me, prophesy to me, prophesy to me, prophesy to me. You know, I've been so hurt and so wounded and so beat up at times. I go into these meetings and all the same people are always getting prophesied to. They're all in the front row. Can somebody please explain that to me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you know, people can pull for a word. And if the preacher feels the pull for a word, if the preacher's not careful, the preacher will respond in the flesh. And they'll prophesy out of their own heart. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits to see whether they are of God. Listen, I thank God for prophecy. I thank God for the word of the Lord. I thank God for the prophetic. But let me tell you, there's nothing like getting alone with God in the secret place of the Most High under that Psalm 91 protection of safety and hearing shepherd, the voice of a stranger you won't follow, but you hear the voice of the good shepherd, and you will follow his voice. Because most of us, we've been doing this so long, we cannot go back. We're going to go back. We're going to go back. Really? And 
we are not of them that draw back. So in the dream, remember the dream? In the dream, the spirit of seeing and knowing is rising in the church. And it's gonna, the manifestation is coming through dreams and visions, internal visions and dreams. You're all now dream dreams. You know, you're a scholar. You're amazing, actually. I tell everybody about you. you know, I don't know. You can probably tell that old men will dream dreams. It may not really mean old like we're old. I'm, I'm older than you. so. But, but it's rising. Pay attention to your dreams. And the more you pay attention to your dreams, the more God will, will give you the dream. You're cultivating the anointing. And he's going, they're paying attention. Now I can use them. They're paying attention. They're paying attention. And so God just gives you more and more. That's the faithful. Faithful to the word of the Lord. Faithful to his promises. Faithful to the visions. Faithful not only to steward them, but to listen. So in the dream... You know, Marshall's over there because she's very holy and pure. <laughs> Honest to God, she is. You can't even believe it. Takes care of her 99-year-old mother twice a day, going over there. She won't, you know, it's, it's kind of, I mean, I go, she carries my Bible. I'm like, give me your purse. I'm carrying your purse for a change. I mean, she's like, you know, she's an example of Jesus Christ. So she, of course, is the one ironing all the wrinkles out of the wedding gown. <laughs> Got it? So I woke up. I don't know why I always get correct. It's not always, but this is a, this is a correction service. <laughs> I think we need to know that leaders are not to be put on a pedestal. I just keep hearing the word in my heart, idols. You've made idols out of man. You've made idols out of gifting. What about character and fruit? I can't hang around my leader. Why? Oh, because he's on a pedestal, of course. Wow. He doesn't want you to see what he's doing. I don't know what and where this is coming from. Holy Spirit. I'm going to be like that guy in the Bible, Pastor. I'm going to be that guy in the Bible that's going to go hide in the cave and run away from Jesse because I'm just like, what in the world are you preaching on today? So Marsh is ironing him, steaming. Steaming is better than ironing when it comes to silk because the gown is the gown is beautiful. God is preparing a bride without spot or blemish. And I woke up and I heard audibly. I love it when this happened. Oh, God spoke to me in an audible voice. God spoke to me audibly and said, Your wrinkles are your attitudes. Anything yeah. on the face yeah. of this earth. Yeah. I don't want anything 
else. And let me tell you, it's cost me, not on my own doing, but there's people that have left. Yeah. Because they didn't want to, they didn't want to go where I was going. Like T.D. Jake said, let them walk. They're not tied to your destiny. Does it hurt? It hurts when they go, but it'll hurt more when they stay. Because we're not living in the light of now. We're living in the light of eternity, and the sufferings of this present moment are not worthy to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed. Not only that, we've got to do our jobs. So you know what? Now I'm like, God, I want you. I want to be obedient to you. I, I want you, Lord. Of my attitudes. Yes, yes, yes. And you know what? I started noticing little things. is not that good right now. But I am perfecting everything that concerns her. And those that have ears to hear will hear what I'm saying. They will hear that still small voice on the inside. And it may be the voice of correction. The Lord said, don't be like the horse or the mule that has to be pulled and tugged and pulled. You've been stubborn and I'm God saying, I want you to be yielded unto me so that I can take you into a new degree of glory. But if you resist me, I can't bring you in because I resist the proud, but I will give grace to the humble. And I want you to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that I may exalt you in due time. There's an exaltation that God wants to bring to the body of Christ. But we've got to let go of the weights and the sin and the things that are not only causing disease, the things that are causing us to stumble and run the race and stumble. Amen. Yeah. Maybe this will help with the subject matter because it's coming up in my spirit. Thank God. Meaning prophetic intercession. I have been operating in the spirit of seeing. 
since January. And the reason it has, it used to happen once in a while, but not often. But in January, it started. And I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you the vision I had about the body of Christ. Don't let me forget. So, and I always, I always was like, if you call it a nobby, I was always that. I didn't even know what I was. I would hear and I'd say, I'd hear and hear, I heard this, I heard that. Before anybody taught on prophets, I didn't know what I was. I was just like a 23-year-old girl with nails out the ear. Some of you ladies, hair like that. And they actually had me in their church. Back in the day, I used to get up with four scriptures. Now I got 15 pages of outlines and notes when I speak. But I had a call from a friend, Joe Source. Great man of God. Well, he doesn't know who he is, which I think is good. He's actually a true apostle, but he's Pastor Joe. I think sometimes these titles make people cocky. I'm not saying everybody. I'm saying it makes people cocky because everybody wants a title. Give me a title. How about a servant of Jesus Christ? I'm a servant. I'm a servant of Jesus I'm here to serve you. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. So Joe Source calls me and he's like, I would like to do a prayer meeting in my church once a month every on a Friday night, the first Friday night of the month, and I would like you to lead the prayer meeting.
influence. Many die young because they step out of their calling. They step out of their sphere of influence. They put a title and a hat on. They call themselves something and they're not. You say you're an apostle, but you are not. So she's like in a whole other region than I am. And she's got her own sphere of influence. Like I have a, a region here. I got my people. You know, he has ordained the places in which you are to live. Yes. Don't allow the enemy to pluck you out. Yes. Oh, I just want to go to Florida and hang on the boat and drink martinis and do nothing. Just retire. No, you're not. So call Mary Alice. I said, Mary Alice, I just felt led in my spirit to call you. And I told her. She said, Mark, because I noticed she's been getting the spirit of prayer on whole congregations. She goes, Mark, this is what you got to do. I put on my tape recorder. I start taping. You hang out with wise men, you'll become wise. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I know. I feel so sorry for you. It's so hard getting people to pray. Oh, honey, I understand. No. She's like, this is what you got to do. It's a call to action. We are men and women of war. We do not draw back. We find a solution to the problem. We don't talk the problem. We talk the answer. This is what you got to do, Mark. Wow. I said, what? Click. Put the recorder on. You got to get the spirit of prayer on the whole congregation. It's not just a little meeting in the back of the room. That's what Kenneth E. Hagen had. He had got the spirit of prayer on all of us at Rhema. God, when the Holy Ghost would come in and he would start praying, I'd get so scared. I'd get on my knees and be like, you know, open my eyes. I just don't know what Kenneth Hagen's going to do. We better pray. There was a holy hush and a holy awe that would come into the room, a reverence for God. I think the man of God carried that. Maybe we need to carry more of a reverence. How do we cultivate that? That's something to think about. She's got to get the spirit of prayer on the whole entire church, not just a little prayer meeting in the back of the room. Nah. He says, you got to, you got to. You got to change the mindset of the people. It's it's got it's not the five intercessors that are hanging out hidden in the back room. You've got to change the mindset of the people. She said, and this is the other thing. You got to get all the leadership in the church to come, and that's the hardest part. I smiled. <laughs> Blow the trumpet in Zion, Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy hill. God's calling the army back to prayer. And we've got to change our strategies. So I said, all right. Listen to her. Listen to her about 20 minutes. And play that recording over and over and over and over. I took notes. I wrote word for word what she said. Got to get the spirit of prayer on the whole church. It's God. God said, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Not just the intercessors that are hiding in the back room. He said, my house. So we call the house of prayer. We have a lot of teaching. We have a lot of equipping in this regard. But let's take everything that we've learned 
And let's bring it out into the corporate body and have a prayer meeting with the whole entire house. So, I said to Pastor Joe, I took Mary Alice's advice because I'm smart. Because she's got a tool. She's having success. And it's working. And the spirit of prayer is getting on the whole church. I've got to change my thinking. Change my mind. And then she said, and you got to demonstrate. I go, demonstrate? Nobody ever demonstrated prayer to me. I just did it. We live in a different culture. We live in a different age. People are lazy. People are distracted. People want to go on Facebook. People want to go on Instagram. People want to do TikTok. People want to do YouTube. People want to And you got to demonstrate prayer. So our very first meeting at Joe's, because I just needed God to help me. I needed him to help me. I can't lead prayer in my own strength. I mean, yeah, we know the word. Yeah, we can pray. We know. But there's something that was missing. And I didn't know. And I've been doing this since 1981. I didn't know. Talk about a paradigm shift. You gotta demonstrate. I go, demonstrate? I'm 65 years old. Demonstrate? Demonstrate. The older women ought to instruct the younger. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.